Hi, you're listening to The Whole Podcast with Becky Alcantar and Nancy Gruzy. We've all heard the biblical commandment to love our neighbor, but maybe you've wondered, how am I supposed to love a neighbor who I can't see eye to eye with? A neighbor that you disagree with more than you agree with. And no matter how much you try, the more you try, the more you realize we have nothing in common. And in fact, I really don't like this person's thoughts, beliefs, or values. Today, our friend Scott Eastman is back to discuss today's question, how do I love my neighbor when we don't agree? I'm doing a jazzy intro song. Hi, friends. Welcome to The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, Nancy, here with founder and author of Journey to Wholeness, Pastor Becky Alcantara. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm excited because we have Pastor Scott Eastman. Hey. On the third mic today. On the third mic. On the third mic. <laughs> and he's, I mean, you used to host the podcast, so I it's did. really fun to have you back. Yeah, it's, I'm really actually genuinely excited to be back because I love these topics. I love talking about this because... This isn't a commercial, like I'm not going to pay for my endorsement, but like for literally how Journey to Wholeness has changed how I see everything and mm. how I parent. Can I just tell you for one, can I just tell you one quick journey of story? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So uh, yesterday I got home from doing an alpha course and Kate and Abe were having a moment uh, in the kitchen where Abe was getting yelled at. <clears throat> and so I don't want to like, you can't be a parent and just show up and then just think you could just stand in there and think that you can just take part either in defense or in incrimination of the kid, you know? So mm-hmm. I just like put my stuff down and I went upstairs. And so, um, uh, Kate was mad because he's not eating his lunch. Like he doesn't eat, like he eats the crap in his lunch. and doesn't eat everything else. And so he says, I just don't have time. And she's like, that's, cruddy crud like you totally have time <laughs> well i just i don't want to i'm worried that i'm fat and she said well that doesn't make any sense either because you're eating the fatty foods and you're leaving all the healthy foods so i don't think oh, i'm not no. buying that either anyway he came up and he was in tears and um uh i was in his room and so he sat down and i was trying to ask him questions not about the conversation but just about his day or whatever and he was just really curt with me and then like five minutes later he's like i'm sorry that i was uh rude to you like, come on. Like, of all the things I could teach my kid, the fact that he can think about how his behavior affects someone else, I'd much rather do that than be able to teach him how to change a spare tire or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to serve him well moving forward. The mm-hmm. fact that in his relationships moving forward, he'll be able to recognize the way he behaves can sometimes affect the person that doesn't even deserve to be affected by it. Mm-hmm. Somebody, oh. come on. I love wow. that. Wow. I love that. I love that because it's, it leads right into our conversation <laughs> yes. today on what do I do or how do I love my neighbor when we don't agree? And and we're always going to have a difference of opinion, also known as conflicts um, with other individuals. And how we handle that largely depends on the lessons that we've learned, but also what we know about ourselves and then how we can step back from a situation or an interaction and and get a clearer perspective and can we do that for ourselves right mm-hmm. and so it's a process and and you learn it um and you practice it um but it starts with understanding really how we're made up what our stories entail and then what are the steps that I take to do that and so I love that Abe went right to hey like we say this all the time in journey like the quickest way to resolve any difference is to apologize not necessarily apologize for 
how you felt because that's valid or what you think or believe that's valid as well, but how that impacts you, right? right. And how we don't agree on that and how maybe I reacted um, because I'm passionate about it versus responding so that we can have a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, we can offer up an apology for our part in any situation. It doesn't depend on the ratio or the percentage of our fault. The yeah. fact that we just own a piece of that, mm-hmm. like that's a lot. That goes a long way. Right. Both how that other person will feel and how you can feel about your own self. Like how you can mm-hmm. feel about, yeah, I, I recognize this about me and I'm going to own that. And I'm sorry for my part in that, whether that's mm-hmm. 10% or 99% or 1%, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it stems from a passion, right? Something that's important to me or something I've experienced that made me passionate about that, right? And so being able to pull that apart um, just takes practice and understanding of, you know, what are the things that drive us? What are the things that may have occurred uh, that is making me feel this way about this particular topic or issue? Um, and that's ultimately what a conflict is, that we just have two different opinions, principles, or interests. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't need to change you to operate in this world, but we do have to be able to communicate and live as neighbors, right? Yeah, and- yeah so we can't expect other people to love the way that we love. Yeah. But we still need to love the way that they need to be loved. Yeah, well, and, and we shouldn't, I don't feel like when we talk about that, I don't think we should be looking at how much they love to determine how much we love. That right. that because of our faith, because of what we believe, mm-hmm. the measure of how we love was established by Jesus in the way and the extent and the depth to which he loved. That's our example. So I, I'm not even supposed to look at the person and say, what, how much love are they worth? How much they deserve. Yeah, how much yeah. they deserve. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, 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 that's, that's got nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that everything's got to do with, like I need to love them as fully as I could as, as though I'm Jesus, as though Jesus would, as though Jesus does, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's the measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that uh, you at your church downtown have that love, love, and go, right? Like, mm. I just, I love, love. that. <laughs> Is there another word we can use yeah, for that? Yeah, yeah. In that <laughs> when, when you have a question about how to proceed, mm-hmm. love, love, and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I love first and then love again and then put that into action, how does that look? And that is usually going to give you the best answer and the best result. Um, and, you know, we can get into all the facets of, well, then how do you love and what is love <laughs> and, you know, all the things. But if that's the the bar that I start with, um, I don't need a handbook of directions on what to do in every single scenario because if I'm running by that, I mean, Jesus himself, right? What is the most important commandment, right? Love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. And, and that basically encapsulated all of the laws and commandments that uh, mankind had tried to establish and had gotten lost in the muck of it. And we yeah. can really get lost in the muck of it when it comes down to interacting um, with another person and seeing that person as Jesus sees them. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? I'm not yeah. looking at whether you're worth it because God says you are. Right. And I'm not looking at whether you deserve it because none of us, right? If we all got what we deserved, but I'm supposed to love like he loves. And when I do that, then I have, I have done what he's asked me to do. I have modeled or lived as he modeled for me. I feel like we, as people, we always screw things up. Even the most pure things, we screw them up trying to address them or try to color them or try to shape them. Like this week I was listening to some sports radio and they played an interview that Pam Oliver had done with Aaron Rodgers after the game (laughs) 
Yes, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. Like, it's not because oh. I like Pam Oliver and oh. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> anyway, so they finish the they finish the interview. Aaron is like all jacked up from the game, and he's mm-hmm. walking off. At the end of the interview, he says, "Love you, Pam," and she's like, "I love you too." And like the guys on the radio with him were like, "What?" What does Shailene Woodley have to think about that? I'm like, he didn't oh. say like I want to bed you, Pam, or I want to like <laughs> make out with you, Pam. He just said I no. love you. And we just we've mm. screwed that up because we want everything to be carnal. We want everything to be like dirty. Mm. We want everything to be like if I tell someone I love them, we want it to be, we want to fashion it to be dirty. And like mm. I don't like we were like I said we were at Alpha last night and we had such at my table we had such great conversation. I got up I got up and I couldn't help but just feel like so much love for my mm. table. So I got up and said, I love all you guys. You know what I mean? And like, that doesn't mean like I want to make out with all of them. Right. It means like, I love them. Like I appreciate them. They mean something to me, but we screw it up. You know what I mean? So when we talk about loving your neighbor. Like mm. We're like, I don't love all my neighbors. I don't mm. even, you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like putting their needs before your needs. We're talking about like considering kindness rather than, you know, repaying whatever they're giving you, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, they're so crappy to me or they're so mean to me. Well, in that case, the Bible is really specific that you repay evil with good. You don't repay mm-hmm. evil with evil or insults with insults. You repay mm-hmm. evil with good, mm-hmm. you know, kill them with kindness, although not a biblical term. I think it's a biblical <laughs> thought, right? Where yeah. you like, you know, all right, I'll just out love you then. Mm-hmm. You know, right. all right, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. I find it interesting when you said that, like, how have we messed it up in terms of how we think of love? And I think we see it as something um, that you have to earn mm-hmm. um, and something to be held in reserve for only the elite. Like only a select few deserved love. And that's not God's way, right? He loved us before X, Y, Z and the other. And despite, you know, one, two, three and mm-hmm. four. And so... Uh, as I hear that, I just, you know, as you gave that example, I thought, well, where did those guys decide that love was only for this context yeah. and only should be given to, you know, this particular person in your life? And wow, how limiting yeah. is that? Right. Yeah, yes. Because right. you think that you're you're cutting off other people from the gift of love, which it is a gift, mm-hmm. but really you're cutting yourself off of that because I know that it feels amazing to show love to other people and be generous and kind um, unconditionally to just step away. You get so much more from that experience, but also how healing that is when you're given love unconditionally, right? Not not that I'm going to give you my house and my car, but I can be kind to you and I can give you a good word and I can make a generous observation um, I can acknowledge the work that you're doing or the things that you're striving toward and, and say, hey, good job. That didn't cost much. And yet mm-hmm. that changes the trajectory of maybe how someone sees themselves about their opinion about the world, right? If every other action was someone reserving their love. Right. But for I the, got For one, the right scenario. Right, or but I right, got yeah. one from someone. Um, I would always say, you know, I think a lot of us have difficult experiences in our upbringing. And I would always say that like kindness would unravel me. Like it would undo me. Like I was so unaccustomed to kindness that it literally made me sit down. And yet you get a taste of that. And immediately, even though my interaction said, you know, be be on guard, be on reserve, watch your back, you know, watch, don't trust people. Immediately in that moment, I can picture it like it was yesterday. I was like, that's who I want to be. 
It was literally in one interaction with a stranger who was just so generous and kind. It was something small that she said. And I was like, oh, thank you. You're so kind. And she's like, that's the least I can do. And that really hit me. It was like, well, that is the least I can do. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do that. I can be that. And from that moment forward, I just changed the trajectory. Prior to that, um, you would have seen a clenched jaw and a mean eye. And, oh, my family said I had a stink eye. You know, like I was good at it. I had honed it. And and if I share that with people now, they're surprised by that. But it literally was one interaction that changed the trajectory of who I decided I wanted to be in this world. Mm -hmm. And so look at the power of love, that it can literally change someone's life, something that you think is insignificant, that it's the least I can do. Mm -hmm. It's not when we live in a society where we reserve our love um, and keep it. Uh, under lock and key from yeah. other people. I, I feel like that. The, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Nope, Nancy. that's okay. Your show, you go. <laughs> my, definitely not my show. <laughs> I was just going to say that I, I liked what you said about that being limiting, mm-hmm. because if you think that you need to reserve your own love for other people, then you probably think that other people are not loving you mm-hmm. the way that you're not loving them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's such a it's a mind game of really you're losing out on feeling that love because you feel like you don't deserve it. So your perception basically is that uh, love is limited. There's not enough love to go around that I'm not going to get it. So what I have to give, I have to protect. Mm -hmm. And it's either under threat or I have some need for it that I feel like I have to hoard it. Hoard it. Yeah. And so right (laughs) there alone, I want to go to those two guys and go, what happened? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. journey them. Yeah, like what happened to make you see the world in that way, that that is what it's been reduced to. And that makes me grieve. That makes me grieve that that you have reduced your world to that alone and that's what you're limited to. That's your whole and only experience because until I get past my perception, mm-hmm. I can't engage or change or or learn or do anything more because I put a wall around it. Yeah. And there's nothing that's going to break that because we are in charge of ourselves. We are the authority over ourselves. And we can say, well, no, it's these interactions um, and things that happened in my life that made me this way, but no one can make you any way. You made a choice, whether that was conscious or unconscious, at some point that this is how the world works and this is how you were going to interact in it. And I'll think of that in terms of how I love my neighbor mm-hmm. who I don't agree with. And so, Scott, I know you have you have experiences with that. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. About di- difficulties with <laughs> when my When neighbor. neighbors don't agree with you. Yeah, like I feel like <clears throat> I'm always trying to... Um, I always want to lead in my faith with love because there's too many things that I'm not sure about. Like not not unsure, but like I'm, I'm not I'm not smart enough to know. So I'm just going to lead with love. I can't debate with you theologically. Mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, like I just can't. I, I mean, like I know my Bible, but I'm, I'll never be able to argue with you about it. So if you come at me with the fact that you're an atheist and I'm a Christian and you think all Christians are wrong and all atheists are right. I don't know how to argue that. So I'm going to lead with love there and say, you know, I'll admit that I don't really know. I admit that, you know, I'm not coming from a p- position of authority, but in fact, a, a position of, what is the opposite of authority? Sub, sub, submission? submission, Right, where I'm like, that's where I'm coming from. Mm. And I feel like, you know, not to you, but, you know, 
to my savior, to, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And so like, and he tells me, this is where love, love and go comes from, right? Like he's, if you take it all and you try to distill everything that Jesus said, it all comes down to those three things, to love God with all your heart and soul and love your neighbor as yourself and then go and tell that good news and teach that lesson to everybody. And so I'm just going to go with that because he said, if you do that, everything is, you've, like you said, fulfilled the law. And so I'm going to lead out of love. And he, he, look at, I know who you're talking about. So I already said he. So there's this guy <laughs> who I really like. Like he's a really good do- guy. He's a, he's a nurse in town and he's fantastic and he's a good dad and he's a good husband. And he's, I mean, he's just like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I love him. Yeah. But like he hates my faith. He hates my faith. Mm-hmm. And so he was hurt. His mom was a pastor. He was hurt at some point mm-hmm. in the church, some way or another. And so like we're all idiots to him now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but like I, I can't, it'd be too easy for me to go at him and like, well, what about you and your stupid whatever I think that he does, yeah, right? right? Like or attack his what I, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. those are the first things that occur to me. Because that's well, I'm, stu- <laughs> right. I'm stupid about my faith. I'm really good about insults and mm-hmm. like really good about being snarky. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, skilled in that like yeah. your stink guy yeah. like I got a I got a stinky tongue you yeah. know what I mean that I'm just like I'm I'm always ready to say something clever mm-hmm. more clever than you could ever come back from you know what mm-hmm. I mean and so but I resist doing that because that's not loving to him and God made him and God loves him and so what I need to do is I want to tie these two things together because you had talked about um loving even in the face of being slighted or even in the face of being uh disappointed or hurt mm-hmm. There's a great deal of healing for me that happens in loving in spite of my hurt or mm-hmm. loving in the face of a hurt or loving in, fla- in face of a, of, of a um, you know, offense. offense. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I, there's healing in that for me. At first, it's prideful. It's like, I'll be better than you. That's, yeah, where, it, that's right. where it starts. All right, I'll do it. I'll be better. I'll take the high He's road. He's a bigger person. Yeah, right. low rotor, mm-hmm. right? And so, but then it, that's not where it stays though. Right. It, it, like, it like sinks in, you know what I mean? Like mm. seeps, you know, like over time. And then like, I'm like, I'm better. Like I'm better from the hurt by loving them, you know, even though they didn't show love for me. Mm-hmm. I love how you pointed that out that I, I know the reason that this person disagrees with me. Mm. I know the root of that and I know mm. the hurt of that. Um, and I can consider that in our interactions um, because my hope is that you would heal from that. Um, but that's something I want you to keep going, but that's something else I wanted to say is that's something that a lot of people don't do. A lot of people will take their feeling yep. yeah. and like they'll just sit in that. Yeah. They won't regard the other person's feeling. Where right. are you actually right. coming from in this? Like, I don't care. You just said this to me. So I'm making it about the words, but listen, it's not about the words. Right. It's about mm-hmm. the hurt. That's like so much deeper. in right. them. And so I need to care about that. Mm-hmm. Jesus tells me to care about that. Right. You know, and so to not do that, that's, we were talking about being an empath before mm-hmm. the show started. I remember the context of that, but I feel like that's like, it's such a big deal about like, I did it like Abe, right? Mm-hmm. Abe was empathetic to my feelings, empathetic mm-hmm. to like how I might've felt because he was rude to me, right. mm-hmm. you know? And the best way to do that is to know your own story. Right. I know the things that I struggle with. I know the things that are tender for me, right? If we're... We're responding. It's not mm-hmm. first time. If we're reacting strongly to something that someone else said, we feel like something in our world is at threat because of that. And usually we'll feel that way. I have a broken foot right now, right? And if I bump it, it tells me that it's broken. Mm-hmm. So if you bump that thought, that fear, that hurt that someone else has, they're going to react. Why? Because it's still tender. Right. And so if that's a response that I'm getting from someone, I need to hold back a little bit. Whoa, that's a strong mm-hmm 
that was a strong answer to what I just shared. What hurts? What's tender? Um, what happened? I want to know that story. Now, is everyone ready to tell that story? No, that's all up to us. Um, but I can leave space for I it. I was just going to say, even just leaving space for it and having that awareness of um, whether or not it's a, a you issue or something that is for the other person to sort through mm-hmm. and leaving that room. Or maybe if you know the person well enough, maybe it is asking the questions mm-hmm. right. in, a, in, a, in a different time or right. space. Well, and we have to be able to address that. Whoa, I see you're really upset by mm-hmm. that right now. Let's, Let's take a second. Yeah. And here's my intention. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry you're upset right now. I'm not sure where that's coming from, but let me share my intention with you. Mm-hmm. Let me share my story with you. And again, opening up that space for another person to do that. But ultimately, even though you know the story, um, it's still up to that individual to dive in and to have it healed, right? Yeah. And yeah. yet right now, it sounds like that is the way that I cope. Keeping my scar open Mm. protects me from the same kind of hurt that I'm afraid of in your faith. Yeah. Yeah. But you also are aware enough that you're not going to pour salt in the wound just for him to remember that that wound is there either. This whole, this whole, um, uh, conflict resolution thing is a lot of us take shortcuts or are lazy about. Mm -hmm. So we won't say the things that you just said. We won't state our position or talk about our intent. We'll just, we'll react to their reaction and then they'll react to my reaction to the reaction. Right. And it just gets this ugly thing. I was talking to a guy last night and he was talking about how he's, you know, he's got this girlfriend and she's going through a lot of crap. And so she's sort of mistreating him, you know, in her crap. And I said, well, listen, that's a lot. Like she had this happen. And then a couple of months later, she had that happen. That was just three months ago. So there's a lot there. She's not herself. She's the funhouse mirror version yeah. of herself. So you can't <laughs> look at her and say, this is who she is and how she feels about me. So I said, what you should do is say, listen, I'm willing to be in your orbit and I'll be as close or as far away in your orbit as you need me to be, and like I can, you know, adjust on the fly, but know that I want to be there for you. I don't know what that looks like exactly for you, but like, and so just by explaining that, rather than just like mm-hmm. be resentful to how she's treating him in a moment and just saying, okay, well, fine, I'll just, no, I will not do anything. <laughs> Let me know when you need me, right? Well, right. Then we just yeah. talk so crappy yeah. like that all mm-hmm. the time or feel that and way. And it's because mm-hmm. it stings, right? Mm-hmm. Usually if someone does that, it hits a place in us that, mm-hmm. oh, there's, there's that thing that used to happen to me and I swear it never would. And so in the instance, subconsciously, unconsciously, I react to it because I I had decided to defend myself and not be in those situations. And so it hurts. And so I think we have to acknowledge that first, right? One, yes, when someone doesn't agree with you, depending on how important that is to you, it's going to hurt and it's going to feel like you need to defend yourself. But I ask the question often, um, why... Who didn't listen to you that you feel like this fight is worth pressing into and escalating? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's not a hurt. It's um, a negligence, right? What happened or didn't happen in your life? And that's a different way to look mm. at it. Well, nothing mm. happened in my life. I don't have any of those things you're talking about. You know, I didn't have the hurts and experiences. I had a good upbringing. Okay, great. What well, didn't happen then? Because I still see this reaction versus a response. And so what didn't happen that you feel like you have to raise your voice to be heard? Because I'm hearing you and I want to hear you, right? But you're right. 
there has to be someone in the mix there, someone who pauses, who has done enough of the work, who understands their story, that even though it stings, and I'm not I'm not advocating that you walk into the arenas all the time and get beat up every day, you definitely need to know yourself and know uh, what's a good environment that's going to um, fill you up, fuel you up, and, and be your champion. But there are going to be moments of conflict, and when you're in conflict, how is it that you handle yourself? Because the last thing I want to know is that you're entering into these and you're coming out battered and bruised right. and beat up, mm-hmm. and that's not the purpose. And so if you are, then I would say pull back a little bit, understand your own story, and then you'll be able to see the stories of others better when these times come. Yeah, that's good. I dig that. So there's a couple of things that uh, we can do uh, to help us to see our neighbor better, and that's to see them <laughs> uh, <laughs> beyond their exterior. Don't run away when you see your neighbor come out of their house because it's like, oh no, here comes you know neighbor Alice, and Wait, are we talking she's just like tough. literally our neighbor. Are you, is that what we're talking? Well, about? I mean, it sounds like I mean, literally, sometimes can be but... literally your neighbor, but I think your neighbors can be your Facebook friends. Well, I, I was going to say when I arenas. when I think of Scott, I think of neighbors being all of the people that follow you and interact mm-hmm. and engage with you on yeah. Facebook because that's like prime opportunity to be able to voice for people to voice their differences yeah. or their right. you know the things that they don't agree with or whatever but can I ask this question I don't yeah. I don't know if it makes sense for the context but I noticed that Scott said um he he doesn't he doesn't love my faith mm. Scott didn't make it about himself mm-hmm. like he didn't you, Very good. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Scott like he's not sitting yeah. right there. Yeah. But you didn't make it about you. You didn't say, oh, he doesn't love me. Mm. Yeah. You said he doesn't love my faith. Yeah. So what about the, what about the ability to separate like right. him loving Scott from him, you know, not loving right. that about it's exactly Scott. Do you know what I mean? You can interact the way you do and not get fueled up. Yeah. I'm not saying right. you never get fueled up. I'm sure there's yep. times that it it feels personal, mm-hmm. right? And that's just opportunity to do more work. Um, but we personalize things um, when we don't understand them because we're taking the shortcut that you mentioned, Scott, right? right? Yeah. So I don't know what the context of this is. I don't know why I feel the way I do. Mm-hmm. So we take the shortcut, we personalize it and make an assumption. And so that's just how our brain is designed. Yeah. It's designed to keep you protected from any danger or harm. Um, And I have to point that out because people are like, oh, we're not running away from bears and tigers anymore. No, but you're also trying to run away from harm. And even in the times where most of our life was lived through social media, your brain is still at work doing the same thing that it was made to do. And so if you feel like someone's intent is to harm you or take something to you or poses a threat to your wellness or goodness or protection, it's going to be the same thing until we can understand that function and then understand our story, we won't be able to separate, well, here's the underlying root cause or reason why this person is reacting how they are to me. And so to see someone on social media might mean, okay, this person commented, first of all, are we friends on Facebook? Right. Does it, first of all, deserves (laughs) my attention there. Second, are we actually friends or are we acquaintances or are we Facebook and quotation mark friends? Right. How much do I know about this person? Um, and do I need to know a little more? Because we've had enough interactions. Um, they regularly pop up in my feed. Then now we need to 
press in a little bit. And often we want to run away from the hard stuff, but it's the hard stuff that helps us to grow and that helps other people to heal. And so when we press into that, let me learn a little bit more. Does he have a family? You know, let me look at his profile. Let me look at other posts. Uh, what's important to this person? What my, And then start asking questions rather than defending or stating my position again. Let me ask a few clarifying questions. And that is like the biggest gift that we have, I think, from God, is that yeah. I can ask questions to clarify what we tend to mess up when we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I see my neighbor better? I need to pay attention to those things, right? Mm-hmm. Do we need to have a conversation all the time? No, but I might need to just use the tools available to me, the things that I know that I see. Hmm. So Alice has grandkids. So that's why she gets really crabby when people drive fast down the street because she's worried <laughs> that her grandkid might be out there playing one day. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the other things you know that she cares about that I can see that, oh, she really loves um, working on her flower garden. She really loves friendship. She goes for a walk every day with her. There's things that we can see mm-hmm. and observe that gives us that in. Um, The second thing is that ask, right? Ask um, about these things that we don't know. Wait, can I just stop you right there for a second? Mm -hmm. Because this asking thing is a big deal. And again, this isn't a paid endorsement Mm -hmm. for Journey to Wholeness. (laughs) But one of the things that Journey to Wholeness told me or taught me was to ask myself questions about like, what am I doing? Why am I reacting this way? Why am I behaving this way? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking this way? And so like, there's so much value in that. There's so much that you uncover just by asking yourself that question. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about shortcuts, sometimes we take the shortcut, we don't even ask ourselves. That's Something right. happens, we react, we're mad, we're sad, we're whatever, right? All right, well, then I'm going to go have a drink, right? If that's what you're going to do to me, this is what I think that means about me, and so I'm going to go have a drink, or I'm yep. going to go, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And so, so too many of us take a shortcut in asking ourselves a question. We definitely don't get to the point where we're asking ourselves questions on someone else's behalf. Like, I wonder why she's mad that we go fast to the neighborhood. Oh, there's kids. So we never take the time to do that. We're just mad that she's mad, right? I'll screw you, Alice. You're stupid. You know, like, that's just what we want. We just want to be mad at everybody. You know, but we don't take the time to say, I wonder what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have no idea. You have, right. just, you have no idea. Yeah. And so just to assume that, they're behaving that you try to apply your rules to how they're behaving, saying, well, if I did that, this is what, where I would be at. And then you're just like applying, you know, your label to them. And like, that's not even fair. Yeah. And we've talked about that before, right? Trying to make my framework of how life should be and push it onto somebody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Like square peg, round hole, right? <laughs> like, I don't understand what made you a uh, a square peg. And I need to understand that because I think it's important. God created us each unique and different. And so why is that a great contribution to the world at large in a way that I'm not seeing? Yeah. But I love that you said, ask yourself first. Yeah. yeah. Ask yourself, where is it that you stand or what assumptions you might be making about how someone responded or what they think about you or assumptions that they're making about you. How did you even get there, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that you're filling in the narrative without actually engaging in the conversation? Yeah. 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 Um, and then pray. And I know this is one that if you're like, oh, of course, here's the church people saying to pray. That's going to fix everything. My goodness. Uh, I think every context and every culture will tell you to take some time to get quiet mm-hmm. and to allow your mind to sort through the things that you know uh, to get some clarity and some peace. Let's get quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're really loud in our conversations with each other, then it may be time just to take a break and get quiet about it so that I can 
gather this evidence, these threads, this understanding to ask the questions and get some clarity before I walk in, before I answer that Facebook post. Let me pause a second and ask, where am I right now? Why is this important to me? What have I seen? Um, And then ask for clarity. For some of you out there, if you're not Jesus believing people, you would call that your intuition. I call that Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Pause and ask yourself the questions. You know the answers often. You know the right way to go, right? When we engage those things, usually we find a solution, but we move so quickly. We think that we have to be the fastest to answer or um, the most clever or (laughs) the quickest to our gun, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Metaphorically. Right. (laughs) Yes. Let me clarify. For Um, sure. And who, where did that come from? Yeah. Right? Why Why do you think you're not going to get a turn? Um, mm. Who's taking that from you right now that you feel this urgency and anxiety about it and the stress? Um, can I commit myself to get quiet, to seek wisdom? Um, and that's what we mean by pray. And then you need to rejoice and mourn. Mm-hmm. And so when I say that, often I've spoken about this dance that we do. Mm-hmm. That there are moments that I'm going to mourn the things that I experience and and I'm going to mourn my friend who hates faith and I know that that could help him. I want him to return to that. Mm-hmm. But I also live in the joy. I have to be able to move smoothly between the two so that I don't get consumed by one or the other. And yes, you can be consumed by joy in that you ignore the things that hurt and they fester and they rot. And one day they come up out of the soil and you didn't expect them to. And so both are important. Are you able to move between joy and mourning in your interactions with your neighbor? Can I celebrate the things that are great, but mourn the things that we don't agree on? Mm -hmm. The things that I wish I could explain better or that you would see where I'm coming from um, and, and, and just there. I'm not trying to convince you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to make your own decisions for your life because that's your right just as it is mine. That's the freedom of free will. Um, but can we come to a place where we understand each other? And if we can come there, I would feel confident to be able to walk away and trust that the Holy Spirit would do the rest of the work in them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that's, go ahead, Scott. I, I just, I, I want to back up one step mm-hmm. where you were talking, because as you were talking about prayer, because you talked about how you need to like take a step back. Maybe if you're like so into it, like you, you're not even yourself. You're like David Banner, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, <laughs> so like it reminded me of a time you, Pastor Becky and Pastor Barry and I were at a meeting at a coffee house mm-hmm. and uh, Barry said something to me. That was a trigger where I felt like I knew that I had to like stand up for a second Mm -hmm. and like walk away for a second because I wasn't at a place where like the next thing I said probably wasn't going to be a positive thing or probably Mm -hmm. wasn't going to be a growth thing. And so sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to like walk away from the space. Sometimes it's figurative, like in your head, you have to walk away from it. Sometimes it's literal, like you literally need to remove yourself from the space because the next thing you say probably isn't going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And so like just... Calm yourself down. I, right. you know, pray a little bit, just like, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like that can be so much 
more effective than just, as you had said, like trying to be sharp or trying to be right or trying mm-hmm. to be pointed or trying to get your point across mm-hmm. no matter what it costs. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's always dangerous. Yeah. I see prayer as rest and that what do I need to do for myself mentally, physically, right? If, if mm-hmm. the tension was building, I need to release some of that mm-hmm. tension. Um, gosh, I, I, I love coming uh, to Catalyst, our youth program on Wednesday and talking to the middle schoolers because um, one, they think you're amazing. And I know a lot of people go, no, they don't at that point, but they do still. They're still at the age where like they're in between and, and being able to teach them just simple things. Um, that help them to deal with what they don't understand going on in their body. And so I'm feeling tense and anxious and upset. And my inclination is to go and sit in the bathroom and hide during recess. But if I can learn how to release that tension a different way. So um, I just love, I was sharing with one girl, I I said, you know, when you're feeling that way, I go, it doesn't have to be obvious. I go, but you know, those big air balloons that they put outside of like, you know, shopping malls and mm-hmm. stuff and how they move all around. I go, you probably want to do that, right? Because you want to release all of the like tension in your body because you're getting upset. I go, but what you can do in a room with everyone else is just put your hands behind your back and open and close your hands, squeeze them real tight and release them, squeeze them real tight. And don't you know, she came back. She's like, that was amazing. Like, <laughs> I don't feel that anymore. And then I was able to talk to my friend. And, but I say that in that I, as an adult, needed those simple, mm-hmm. practical tools. What can I do in the moments where I'm just feeling like I'm going to blow up, that I have a quick trigger, I have a hot temper. What can I do in that moment so that it doesn't take me into a place where I didn't intend, right? Yeah, or where you'll react instead of respond or you'll spiral or make it worse. My propensity is this. How do I actually pull that back before the Mm -hmm. fire hose goes off? Mm -hmm. Where is the switch to actually like alleviate that? And that was one of the greatest lessons that I had ever learned. And I, I try to teach others. There is literally a one, two, three, four, five into regulating that physical response that your brain has activated so that I can engage my logical self, Mm -hmm. the self that actually can come and have a conversation and come to a resolution and make me feel good about how that interaction went. That's what I want with every single one of my neighbors, even the ones I don't agree with. I want to understand them better. I want them to understand me better and walk away feeling like we did good work there. Mm -hmm. We did good work in understanding each other and loving each other better, even though we We don't agree on everything. We don't see eye to eye on these things, but it felt good to know a little bit more. And I know Mm -hmm. the the next conversation, the next conversation, I've just built a muscle, right? That's going to help me in the long term, just like Abe is building that muscle. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a matter of learning that, Mm -hmm. you know, and being teachable and knowing, you know, what you're wanting to, to learn about the other person, but then also being your own willingness to to understand that other person better and really know who they are. And that's the next point because how are you teachable? What effort do you put into learning another person's cultural context Mm -hmm. or their socioeconomic context or their Mm -hmm. faith context or um, any of those things? Um, Can I understand someone's context or environment? Mm -hmm. How much work have I put into that? Or do I just come from my own and go, well, that's not valid and true. Well, already we've closed down uh, <laughs> communication between us. Right? We right. just shut mm-hmm. the door. Like I just pulled down the garage door and <laughs> locked it right in my neighbor's face. And and we feel that. Definitely we feel that. And 
And when we're in interactions, we know when someone is open or cares enough to want to hear us fully um, and understand that about us. Um, And so I come back to this point. It's the same one we had when we started and it's ask, right? Ask the hard Mm -hmm. questions again about yourself, about the other person. Um, Always come back to ask. Even when you've done these things, step back again and ask the question, where are we at now? Have we come to a place in our interactions that I can um, push a little deeper? Have I spent time and invested in this person that now out of friendship and out of a comfort, we can go to the next level and I can challenge them in a way that's loving and kind and honest and invested, right? Mm-hmm. I can't come to my neighbor the first day that I move into a neighborhood and assume that I can speak to them in the same way I can speak to them after 20 years of being <laughs> right. neighbors yeah. and interactions and having um, barbecues and seeing each other's kids grow up. Mm-hmm. That's a different type of relationship. Relationship. Ask yourself again, where are we today and how can that change so that we can continue to grow um, together? The one thing I could see really that stands in the way of that in our natural state is this idea of pride about how we don't want to relinquish that kind of control. Or we don't want to relinquish that information or we don't want to seem weak or we don't want to mm, seem... Be vulnerable in, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do yeah. that. And so I feel like pride really stands in the way of so many of those things. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, again, going back to, you know, believing what we believe, you know, the Bible is really clear about how you need to set aside our pride, that the pride is actually like a really big problem for a lot of us. And it's got nothing to do with it. Like, look at how great my hair is or look at, you know, how fast I can drive my car. But instead, how, like you said, how vulnerable, how unvulnerable am I making myself? How unauthentic am I making myself? Mm -hmm. How untransparent? Mm -hmm. Because we feel like we just want to protect everything. Mm -hmm. And like, and this, this world's got nothing to do with that. Like what we're doing here has nothing to do with trying to protect that. Like we shouldn't be, I don't know what I was going to say. Mm. I want to say we should be reckless, but then I, I kind of feel like I, I do my, <laughs> I'm hearing the song. I'm it's hearing funny the that song. You're say, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was actually going to say, I, I feel like that's something that does and is what draws people to Scott mm-hmm. um, and downtown is because of your vulnerability mm-hmm. and you being so real on Facebook and in real life and all of that, because we know who you are and we know that you are going to say, I, I don't know. But this is what I believe. And I know that I need to love, love and go. You know what I mean? And so I feel like being able to have those conversations Mm -hmm. and and you knowing yourself well enough and knowing other people and investing into those relationships is what really helps to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is our last point is live it. Mm -hmm. Like these are great concepts, but how can I actually walk in this in my day-to-day interactions? Mm -hmm. Where can I start? What's the first thing that I can do? And, And that's exactly it. I think because you don't, only say it, Mm -hmm. um, you live it in every context, uh, even when you make mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that's why Abe has learned that, Mm -hmm. is that he has seen you model that. And now that is naturally the path that he's going to take. What if we all modeled that for each other, even the people we have the hardest time with? That's it. Mm -hmm. Will that then make the difference? I say yes. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And you exemplify that on Facebook, (laughs) which, you know, there are, there are times when there's discussion, but you're able to not diffuse it. I think diffuse sometimes, but have a, 
an honest, like a healthy conversation, right? An honest maybe? conversation, a transparent mm-hmm. interaction, and that's the thing that I think we should all be aiming to do with Alice, who lives across the street, yeah. right. or with our spouse, or right. with yeah. you know Debbie, who works out of the cubicle next door. Right. Like, those are the things that we need to do. That's yeah. a, I mean, or Kevin to- on Facebook, who I barely know, but you know what. He deserves to be loved too. Yeah, he, does. he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Yeah. And I'm going to add to that. It is tough to do that in the context of a text or on Facebook. It's so easily mm-hmm. misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely um, is a gift to be able to hold those conversations, not in a face face interaction. Right. Yeah. Right. To do that um, in the way that you do, um, I would... I would recommend anyone go and watch how Pastor Scott does it because uh, he does it well. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. He loves, loves, oh, and goes. And goes. Look at the time. It's about that time. But really, it was fun to have you on the show. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. I really love, 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 really love Journey of Wholeness. I love this podcast. I believe everything that you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, anyone that asked. In fact, at Alpha last night, there was this lady. We were just talking about something about... How does, uh, like, in what ways has God shown you the direction? In what ways has God guided you in your life? Mm-hmm. And she was, and she's like an older lady, maybe 60, I guess. Like, not super old, but, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, I've never seen it in my life. And then her eyes got super wet mm-hmm. and they're falling oh. down her cheeks. And she's mm-hmm. like, maybe I need Journey to Wholeness. I'm like, oh my gosh, for you sure. Do. You need to <laughs> the answer is yes. Everybody <laughs> needs Journey to Wholeness. This is only the beginning of what right. that looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. so healthy and so good for everyone. So thanks for being here, Scott and thank Pastor you. Becky. Yes, it was thank great. Thank you. We'll see you next time. That's the outgoing theme song. We hope you enjoyed this episode in our How Do I series. Do you have a question that you'd like us to address on the podcast? Email us at becky at j2wholeness.org. Comment and like this podcast and make sure to follow us on Instagram at j2wholenessgb. Thanks for joining us on The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. To learn more, visit our website at j2wholeness.org, the letter J, number two, wholeness.org. For more information about online courses, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats.